Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, one and all, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. Just a quick little note for everyone. Next couple of Sundays are holidays, so I will be enjoying them with my family. So this is actually the last 2011 broadcast of the Pet Place. I can't believe it. This year has gone by so fast, and we've had so many wonderful guests. In fact, we'll play a couple of best-of shows for the next couple of weeks, and we'll be back with new shows on January 8th. But today, Dr. Jean Dodds from Hemopet has some pretty exciting news to share about greyhound adoption and a new diet for all dogs that will keep them healthy and happy. Later in the show, my buddy Marianne Dell will be checking in to share some great holiday tips for pet parents. So don't touch that dial. Great Pet Talk is just ahead here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Dr. Jean Dodds from Hemopet. Welcome back to the Pet Place, Dr. Dodds. Thank you. I'm happy to be there. You know, it's been a while since we've chatted, and I think we should probably remind everybody out there what Hemopet is. Okay. Hemopet is the only not-for-profit greyhound rescue and animal blood bank that services North America and Hong Kong. And And Hong Kong. Wow. Right. Yes. They're a large user of their pet population of our blood products. And we rescue animals from three states, um, Texas, Arizona, and Oklahoma. And we get new dogs in roughly every three weeks, and we adopt them out every week. Wow. Do that. <laughs> we have a diagnostic laboratory called Hemo Life, and we do specialty diagnostics throughout the world, actually, for things like thyroid antibody profiles and NutriScan, our new salivary test for food sensitivity and intolerance. Wow. Which I think we're going to talk about today. We are. But let me ask you one more thing. If somebody was interested in adopting a greyhound, bringing a new little four-legged or big four-legged family member uh, home, how would they go about adopting a pet? Uh, Well, first of all, they have to live within our region because we can't ship animals to places where we really haven't been able to actually inspect and make sure the home is appropriate. So So Southern California? Within 100 miles, right. Okay. Um, They would go on our website, Mm hemopet.org, and there's a whole section about the adoption program and the criteria and the form and whatever. And there's a tour of our facility. You can actually have a virtual tour of our place here. That is so cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I haven't seen that. But I did get some information about something called nutrigenomics. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> I know. Nutrigenomics is a mouthful, isn't it? Yes, it is. Actually, if you take the word and you break it up, it's nutrition and genomics. And genomics is not just genetics. It's the entire genome, our entire genetic makeup as a being. Okay. So, and we all have unique ones. People are different from dogs and cats and, you know, other species. So nutrigenomics is looking at nutrition through the genetic overall background, the genomic background of the individual 
whether it be an animal or a person. Okay. And it's looking at functional nutrition or personalized nutrition in people. I guess we call it, I don't know what we call it in the dog, but it's not personalized. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at it rather than structural nutrition. So we're not looking at how, for example, zinc affects the skin genetically, you know, and that certain, remember certain dog breeds are zinc responsive and they have these skin diseases that respond to supplementing with zinc. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's a zinc responsive dermatosis, a skin disease, mm-hmm. which is caused by the genetic, makeup of the dogs that need more zinc. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about individualized functional nutrition to make each individual, animal or human, optimally healthy and live longer. Wow, that's amazing. So so that's the big difference in a lot of the uh, expensive dog and cat food that you can find in pet supply stores. I mean, this is a whole different arena. Correct, and and this arena, actually, the term nutrigenomics uh, was only coined in about the early 2000s, and that's because we couldn't define the genome of individuals until we had the structure of it uh, identified. So the human genome, for example, wasn't really completed in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, the dog about the same time, the cat in 2007. Oh, okay. so until you can define all the genes that make up a dog or a cat, for example, you can't really do this study, this comparing the optimal nutrition for the genomic makeup of an individual animal. Wow. But how can a pet owner figure out which foods his or her own dog or cat should avoid? Well, that's a very good question, and that's why it's difficult. And what what we um, defined as a practical solution, as an entree to this um, new concept. But by the way, there are some commercial pet foods on the market already that claim they are based on. I'm not disputing it. I'm just saying they claim they're based on nutrigenomic principles. Okay. For example, joint diets or obesity diets. Those would just be two. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the way to do that simply for the pet owner is to figure out a simple diagnostic test that will direct the pet owner to what foods the animal should not eat. In other words, not what they should eat, but what they should not eat. In other okay. words, what their body will react to adversely. Okay. And that's where our salivary diagnostic test comes in, which is patented and unique in the world, and it's called NutriScan. Okay. And we have our own website, www.nutriscan, with an I, mm-hmm. dot org. And what this is is it allows the pet owner either directly by getting the kit from us, it has to be the special collection kit for the saliva that we provide, mm-hmm. or from their veterinarian, and they can do the test, and they submit the saliva. And Okay, the so they don't get the test results at home. They, they have to actually send them in. Oh, yeah, no, no, they have, yes, it's, I'm sorry. It's not a home test like a pregnancy test. Okay. You have to collect the saliva, and it's pretty simple to do, and it comes with a drawing, you know, and tells you how to do it. Uh-huh. And then you can, and if, if people are having trouble collecting the saliva, they can ask their veterinarian to help them. Mm-hmm. Most pets are cooperative. It's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, you can have one person holding the pet and the other person opening the mouth, and you put in a, a thin cotton rope that's about six inches long, and you mm-hmm. hold it while they're chomping on it to try to remove it, and then it gets soaked with saliva. Okay. And you put the saliva in the special tube, put it in the post office in a regular flat envelope or the kit box that we can provide, mm-hmm. and it's good for 30 days in transit, so it doesn't have to be 
inexpensively shipped to us. Oh, okay, okay. And how long do you, does it take to get the test results? Well, that's... And, that's and what do the test results say? Yeah, well, right now we're doing six of the primary food antigens. That would be uh, beef, corn, eggs, milk, soy, and wheat. Mm-hmm. But starting um, probably January, early February, we'll be doing 20. Oh, wow. Two panels of 10. And the results will tell the pet owner what their dog should not eat. Now, let's say if all 20 are normal, then mm-hmm. they can eat anything. Wow. <laughs> Theoretically, okay. Uh-huh. I mean, that's healthy for them, obviously. Right, right. But the the only trick about the test is it's not the kind of test that we can do overnight like we do our thyroid testing. Okay. Because we have to run them in batches of 47 at a time. Mm-hmm. And so as the testing becomes more popular, and we've done more than 1,000 already, um, we run batches more often be- okay. because the plates are not commercially available. They, to the assay plates have to be made custom-made. Oh. So to make the test affordable, we have to test in batches. Okay. Well, let's say our listeners are interested in having this test done because they know that their pets have some kind of food allergy, but they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Is there a website that they could go they to? They can either go, yes, on hemopet.org or nutriscan.org, and it explains everything. And we have to have their physical address to mail the kit. Okay. And how much does the kit cost? Okay. Right now, for the kit itself is fifteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That includes the sales tax that, are, that we're required to give. Uh, you know, they get the kit for that. The test right now is $93 for six antigens. Okay. But in the new year when we expand it, we'll be having two panels of 10. And we haven't fixed the price yet, but I'm guessing it'll be 125 for 10. Then if you do two 10s, you know, at the same time or within 30 days, there'll be a discount on the second one. Do you happen to know if pet insurance covers any of this cost? You know, it's interesting. We've actually submitted it, uh, some of them, and we haven't had any rejections, but I don't know. I mean, it's so new. We only started it in May. Okay. Well, it sounds wonderful. I know so many people who have had pets or currently have pets that have suffered from chronic food allergies, and all they can ever know is that there's something that their dog is allergic to, and they can never really quite pinpoint it. So this is going to be a boon for pet owners. Right. Now, I do have one clarification, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. This is not allergies. Okay. They're not allergies. They're sensitivities or intolerance. Oh, I see. And it's important. I know we use the term food allergy. We all do because that's commonly understood. But allergies Mm -hmm. use a different kind of immune system. They're like acute anaphylaxis, like someone that has a strawberry allergy or a peanut allergy or something. That's different. Okay. That's an acute allergy. It's mediated or transmitted to a different part of your immune system. It's like a bee sting. You know, sure. it's an acute. This is chronic. This happens within two hours to 72 hours after the pet has eaten the offending food. Mm-hmm. So it's a delayed reaction. That's why it's called food sensitivity and intolerance as opposed to allergy. I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it doesn't matter what we call it just as long as your pet owners understand the difference. You're measuring a different thing. I understand. Okay. And it, is this just for dogs or are you working on something for kitties also? <laughs> We're working on kitties in the beginning of next year. We hope to have kitties sometime in 2012. Oh, great. And then we want to do horses as well. Oh, all right. So you really are expanding the program. Have you had any kind of feedback so far from oh. people who have used it? Oh, yeah. People are just over the moon about it. We had a 
we had we had two recent cases. We had um, a dog that had been scratching and itching all its life. It's a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever, uh-huh. and everybody thought it was fleas and this and that and the other. And they did NutriScan, and it came up with four foods of the six that the dog couldn't eat. And within two weeks, the itching had completely stopped. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, totally amazing. And then we have um, um, another one where uh, a person thought that their dog was not was had chronic skin disease because mm-hmm. that's one of the signs of a food issue. Mm-hmm. And they tested everything. They didn't know. They did NutriScan. It reacted to beef. And they said, no way, this dog has never had beef. Well, it turned out it was being fed hamburgers from McDonald's on <laughs> the street. <laughs> so that was a simple one to fix, wasn't Oh, it? boy. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Dr. Dodds, this is just fascinating information. Before I let you go, let's remind everybody one more time of those two websites where they can order the kit if they were interested. Okay, www.hemopet, H-E-M-O-P-E-T.org, mm-hmm. and www.nutriscan, N-U-T-R-I-S-C-A-N.org. And the Hemopet website also has the Greyhound Adoptions. Correct, okay. and a tour. Very good. Thank you so much, Dr. Dodds. You're welcome. It's Take time. care. You too. It's time now for our halftime break, but when we return, Marianne Dell has some great news information for the holidays to share with us so don't go away and we'll get started momentarily right here on am 1260 Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and here with me now is my favorite newspaper columnist and dog trainer. It's Marianne Dill. Welcome back to the Pet Place, Marianne. Hi, Marie. Good to be here. So it's that time of year, the holidays, and there's so many things going on that are pet-related. I thought that instead of books this time, and I know you're so busy that you probably don't have time to review books anyway, <laughs> we'd talk about some holiday tips for pet owners. Great idea. Hey. Yes. I I know that uh, you have pretty strong feelings about giving pets as holiday gifts, so why don't we tell the listeners why that is so? Well, as you said, this is such a busy time of year, and it's really not the best time to be bringing a new living being into the home. Everybody's all excited if you have children and you're thinking, oh, we'll get a puppy or a kitten or a rabbit for the kids. Well, it's a great idea if your family wants to get a pet, mm-hmm. but to put the proverbial dog in the box under the Christmas tree with the holes, think about that poor puppy or that poor kitten sitting in that box mm-hmm. wondering what the heck is going on and then being faced with likely a cacophony of yelling and screaming and laughing. And let's not forget all the other toys and gifts that are there that are going to be have just as much attention paid to them probably as the puppy or the kitten. And maybe the puppy or the kitten wanders off and does what puppies or kittens do, which likely is make a mess. (laughs) And that might not start things off on the right foot. Oh, yeah. There's just so much hustle and bustle, too. Mm -hmm. If you bring home an older pet even, they're going to be pretty stressed out by all of this. Yeah, it you know, it kind of depends, but but honestly what I like to tell people to do is is if you want to get a gift, go ahead and take that box. Go ahead and put the holes in it. Mm-hmm. Put a stuffed dog or a stuffed cat inside with a nice card or something maybe even handmade that says, as soon as the hubbub of the holidays quiets down, we're going to go to the shelter and pick out our new pet. 
Wow, that's a great idea, and, and still a lot of fun for the kids to open the package. Mm-hmm. And and what better way, honestly, if if parents hope that one of the reasons for getting a pet is to teach kids responsibility, which is a very noble reason, um, it helps if the kids have a part in picking out the pet. Absolutely, yeah. And, and then they're attached to it, and they're more likely to keep working with it and taking care of it for longer. And the other caution I would just throw out to parents here in this case is please understand, if you have young children, it is the rare, rare child who is going to sustain <laughs> responsibility for a pet. Some children do, and I'm not taking away from that, but uh-huh. parents need to be prepared to be the ones to clean up the poop, to do the house training, to take the dog to class and help it learn how to be a good canine citizen and to do the feeding. And I just want to restate that for emphasis because I've known so many parents who have brought home pets for the kids and then the kids don't take care of them so they get upset and then they take the animals to an animal shelter and say, well, the kids won't take care of it. So... I just want to say, if you bring a pet home, parents, it's your pet. <laughs> it's not the kid's right. pet. You're That's the adult. You're the decision maker. You're the responsible party. So please take that responsibility seriously. And if you don't have the time for it yourself, personally, don't adopt a pet. Yes, and I have more resp- more respect for people who say, you know what, I really don't. I'm running the kids to soccer games every weekend, and I'm working at home after work because it's busy season and my spouse is working late and we really just don't have time for a pet, and that's okay. And, you know, if you're that kind of person and you still love pets and want to have something to do with animals during the holiday season, there are a lot of other things you can do as holiday gifts. Absolutely. For example, I know the Irvine Animal Shelter has a wonderful program where you can sponsor an animal within the shelter, and your name goes on a little plaque above that animal. And what a cool gift to give to somebody where their name is going to be proudly displayed as the sponsor of this little animal until it gets adopted. That's right. And a lot of local rescue groups and shelters have programs like that. You can donate money in a friend's name or in a pet's name or in a friend's pet's name Mm -hmm. in memory of a family member or a friend who's passed on. Some uh, rescues and shelters have programs where you sponsor an animal on a monthly basis and you you pledge a certain amount of money that you will give to the organization every month and it goes to that animal's care. And when that animal gets adopted, you have the choice of picking another animal or stopping your sponsorship. Yeah, I think that's just a very cool gift idea. And I also got an email the other day regarding wild mustangs. You can even do a similar thing with wild mustangs. Yes, and there's a lot of movement right now to protect the Mustangs because there is a a lot going on with the Bureau of Land Management and roundups and a lot of of horses are finding themselves in the same situation as our dogs and cats do in our shelters. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants them. Nobody knows what to do with them. And they ultimately face a very sad fate. Mm -hmm. And money given to groups that are helping to prevent this goes to exactly that. That's right. And and so many people say, you know, I really don't want anything. I have everything already. There's there's not a gift you can give me that that I really need. I I know I can't fit even one more little trinket into my house. 
So this is the kind of gift that I would really appreciate, actually. I'm with you, too. And here's another thought. Some families have decided that instead of going all out and buying all these gifts and everything, they want to do something to make a difference. Well, one difference that you can make is go and volunteer at a shelter as a family. Oh, what a great idea. Um you know, there's probably a volunteer program you have to go to. There some, are some restrictions on children's ages mm-hmm. at some facilities, but oftentimes there are things you can do. Go and, go and, you know, walk a couple dogs together as a family. Go and play with some cats. Um, go and see if there's other things you can do, stacking pet food and organizing it and things like that. There's all kinds of needs in these days. Sure, and if the kids can actually volunteer in the animal shelter, they could start a fundraiser, well, not a fundraiser, maybe a food drive or mm-hmm. a blanket drive or do something, mm-hmm. maybe involve their school. What a cool idea that would be. Yes, there is a group right now, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't know which one it is, even though I actually did this, so I'm not going to mention it. But if anyone would like to know, they can email me and remind me, and I'll give you my email before we end, uh, that is donating the Karunda beds, they're the platform beds for mm-hmm. dogs, oh, okay. to the Orange County Shelter. Oh, and excellent. you can go on their website, pledge a certain amount of money, depending on which bed you want, mm-hmm. um, and they will have the beds are shipped directly to the group, and the group is going to get all the beds together and take them over to the shelter. Wow, that's so wonderful. And mm-hmm. it, and it really takes in the whole holiday spirit of giving and and doing for others and and I really appreciate hearing about these wonderful ideas out there and there's so many other things you can look for. Just do a quick search on the internet. I bet there's so many things out there. There's there's every kind of group. I remember one year I had a friend who was really into sea life, dolphins and manatees and such mm-hmm. and I went through one of the groups, don't remember which one it was, and donated a pledge per per month for the next year in her name. Wow. And so I did that, and she got, you know, a plaque that said I had done this, and she appreciated that probably more than just about any gift I've ever given her. Aw. <laughs> That's really nice. And before we let you go. I want to just get some quick safety tips in because the holiday season is also the time of year where certain real specific holiday-related accidents happen. And and I'd like you to remind everybody about what they can do to ensure that their pets have a safe and healthy holiday season. Well, just like with Thanksgiving, watch the food. Watch the food you leave around. Um, A lot of rich food is no good for our pets. A little treat every now and then is fine. Chocolate, as we all know, can be very dangerous to dogs and cats. Beware of Christmas ornaments. Um, they're, they're shiny. They're dangly. Cats think they're cat toys. Dogs think they're very different and interesting. Mm-hmm. And they might like to try to get them off the tree, might try to eat them. Uh, there's nothing healthy there. And perhaps the most important, when you're having your holiday gatherings, don't forget about your pets. Sometimes it's much easier to just find a quiet room. If you've got more people than you've ever had at your house or that you you only have these 20 people in your family over once a year, Mm -hmm. your dog would probably be much happier if he could go into the bedroom in his crate or in his dog bed and just lie down in there and sleep through the whole hubbub. 
Absolutely, and cats as well. You have so many doors that are opening and closing. People are carrying in mountains of gifts they can't see very well because their vision's obstructed. And that's the perfect opportunity for a pet to sneak on out and disappear and get lost. And what a tragedy for the holiday season. That's right, and especially if they're stressed because of all this change in their environment. If you do have an accident during the holidays, a pet's eaten something or hurt itself or it's disappeared, it's really a good idea to have the phone numbers of some emergency veterinarians plastered on your refrigerator. Hopefully you won't have to use them, but your regular veterinarian most likely will not be available. The other number that I find incredibly handy, and I can't tell you how many times I've used this, is the ASPCA Poison Helpline. And they have veterinarians and technicians on call 24-7. There is a charge, but it's a per-incident charge, so you can call them back as many times as you want about a specific thing and ask questions. And they're the first line of defense. Just as a real quick example, one of my dogs was stung by a bee. And I immediately loaded him into the car, started driving to the ER, and I had observed him between the bee bite and getting in the car. And he didn't seem to be having any adverse reactions except his lip was swelling up. Mm-hmm. And I decided on the way to the emergency to call the the poison hotline, and I called them, and they said, you know, is he breathing okay? Yes. Is he panting? No. Is he stressed? No. What are the symptoms of swollen lip? And they said, you can take him home and give him some Benadryl and just let him rest comfortably and keep an eye on him. Wow, well, that certainly saved you a lot of money at the emergency vet. (laughs) Hey, before I let you go, because we're out of time, let's give your email address real, real fast. Okay, it's flypupmom, F-L-Y-P-U-P-M-O-M, at gmail.com. Excellent, and happy holidays to you, Marianne. Happy holidays to you and all the listeners. And we'll be right back on the Pet Place with news and events here on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Are you interested in getting your pet's picture taken with Santa? Well, you've got one last opportunity at the Orange County Animal Care Center, which is located at 561 City Drive South in the City of Orange. They'll be offering photos with Santa on December 18th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and every photo comes with a lovely holiday frame. You'll also receive a digital copy by email to share with your family and friends. These photos make great holiday gifts, and proceeds will benefit the homeless pets at the Orange County Animal Shelter. For more info, visit www.ocpetinfo.com. Well, that's all for me today. And on behalf of the Pet Place, myself and our producer, Jim Simon, who is also our audio engineer extraordinaire, we wish you a very happy holiday season and a wonderful 2012. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spare and neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.